Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Vagabond Actors Podcast, where three of Europe's premier, I have to say, acting teachers and coaches discuss the acting business, the life of an actor, the craft, and everything in between. My name is Brian Casp. I'm joined, as always, by my two wonderful co-hosts, Andrea Helene, joining me from Mallorca, Spain. Hello, Andrea. How are you? Hello, Brian. I'm great. I had some time at the beach yesterday, which really helped. So all is well here. That's fantastic. And from Northern Europe, it's Gary Condes, who's in London. Hi, Gary. Hey, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I just had some chocolate, so I'm buzzing. <laughs> I'm doing really good. <laughs> I could tell by your introduction. That was effervescent. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I love that word. Well, I have some white um, wine here. I have to confess. I have white wine tonight there because you go. this is a And Gary, what do you have? I'm just drinking what is commonly known in my neck of the woods where I grew up in the black country as council pop, which is just plain water. Mm. That's good. Water is life, Gary. Water is life. Mm. Well, you know, I have been looking at the calendar and it seems like we have been doing this podcast for a year and it's kind of crept up on us. I know life in lockdown has been, time has, has been a weird concept, but I thought that tonight, instead of covering a specific acting related topic or listener question, we could just kind of talk about what this last year has been for us, maybe in regards to the podcast, maybe in just regards to our lives. But before we get into that, what have we been up to for the last week? So Gary, what have you been up to this past week? Well, I've had a very interesting week in terms of some work that's come to me, which I think both of you with your musical background and particularly Brian rooted in, in musicals way back. And I've never had this before. And it's strange because I've had two actors who are musical theatre actors who are about to appear in two big West End shows who have come to me to basically deepen their acting and their craft and want oh, me to work it. on their roles in Phantom of the Opera and the other one being originally an American musical called The Waitress, mm -hmm. which was originally Great, yeah. uh, a movie and a book. Mm -hmm. And it really is odd that, first of all, it should be this, and secondly, that it should be like two in the same 10 days. Let me ask you about that, Gary. So have you started working with them yet, or is it just you're kind of getting in the getting to know you stage? No, uh, I've had first sessions and I, um, yeah, I've been done all the prep work and read the scripts and uh, just very much sort of preliminary work. And do you feel that the work that you're going to do with them is going to be different in some way because it's musical or are you approaching it basically the same way that you would if you were coaching someone working on a straight play or maybe even a movie? Basically the same, because first of all, I don't really know much about musicals other than what I've seen, but even so... I think we mentioned this before. I've also worked with an, a couple of opera singers in the past and, you know, I've treated their arias as a speech and, and, and sort of it's coded. All script is coded and it's about getting underneath it and really looking at what the motivations are. So, so far, pretty much the same, asking pretty much the same questions as any standard dramatic or comedic script. And are you finding that the training that they've had as musical theater actors, maybe they've had other training as well, but do you feel like that their work in musicals has led them down different paths in terms of what they do as actors to prepare that you might want to address in different ways? Definitely. But also, you know, I find that with people who've trained, who had dramatic training for three years, who are still lacking certain elements in their work. But mm -hmm. certainly with musical theater being a very certain discipline, a very specific discipline, then the kind of muscles that are asked for in that are perhaps different to the ones that may be required in sort of dramatic works or straight sort of comedy work. Mm -hmm. But I'm working with them in the same way. But yeah, and they kind of know that also. And that's why they've come because they know that they have to fulfill a certain style, which, you know, goes back to an episode we talked about recently, but also yeah. a certain depth of playing as well, mm -hmm. because a lot of musicals are comedic in that way. The waitresses are not, not so much Phantom of the Opera, obviously, but what's interesting about The Waitress is that it's very adult humor, a lot of adult themes. Kids aren't allowed to go and see it. There's a very sort of risque element to it, but it's set in a sort of southern states America, mm -hmm. and it's about a waitress who's also a baker of pies. She bakes different pies every day, and she's in an abusive relationship. You know, so these are big 
big themes for a laugh-out-loud, adult-themed, humorous musical. And in one sense, it's not as hard as I maybe expected because the actor who I'm working with, his scenes, although he has a few songs, are mainly dialogue-led. So... Mm-hmm. That kind of helps. But as you well know, you know, things turn on a dime in musicals. Mm-hmm. And some of the logic, the psychological logic that we're so used to in dramatic work goes out the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Good point. And it's early days yet. I've just, you know, it's one session. So we're concentrating on the script, on the scenes he's in, you know, and it's quite, I'm quite excited because it's something new to me. And it's also, they're both West End, so they're massive productions. Um, You know, I'm reading the songs just like the script because at the end of every scene, there's a song, but it's interesting. And I'm reading the songs and I'm still taking things out of the songs. Even some of the words Mm -hmm. and lyrics that are attributed to certain characters when they share a song, for instance, is insight for me. So, yeah. Yeah, it remains to be seen, but um, you know, it's just another angle on which to sort of sharpen one's knife on. You know, <laughs> fantastic. What about you, Andrea? What have you been up to? I wish I were working on a musical. That would be a delightful experience. I've been doing reading. I'm reading script from a friend of mine in LA right now, and also preparing to work with a wonderful actress who's Canadian and LA-based on a project that she's been hired for. So that's a television project that we're looking at. And I'm really excited to begin that work with her. And then some further work on the Paris project. So all is well. I guess, you know, forward momentum and really looking Mm -hmm. at the kind of scripts that people have in their minds right now and the nature of the properties that I think we'll be seeing in the next two years. I'm very intrigued by that question overall. You know, what really, after everything we've been through, what, what are the things that people need to say in dramatic form? So... Yeah, I'm having fun. I'm having a lot of fun with that aspect of things right now. And you said that you're working on your own script as well? No, kind not yet. It, it's still in my mind. It? It's still <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. These films, is there a certain criteria, selection criteria? No, no. These are projects that people have brought to me for feedback and notes and potentially for coaching work. And so they're, they're, they're standalone pieces, all from women, actually, which is nice. So it's, it's fun to be able to be a part of the process at that stage, at the writing stage and the conception stage. Cool. I'm not really in charge of what's coming to me right now. I'm just really sort of fielding really interesting material. And I'm super intrigued to see what's coming out of where we've been. And is there anything, it may well be kind of evens and there's lots of variation, yeah. but is there, yeah. an, is there anything that crops up more than once in terms of having to feedback on? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a bit of energy around this international experience that people have and sort of a romantic comedy energy that, that maybe we've been missing for a while. There's that in the air. And then there's some really, really dark psychological pieces that are happening. And I really like the way people are conceiving of the character arcs and the questions of redemption and human nature and whether somebody can be redeemed with their actions. I think those are some themes that are coming up on the dramatic end. And those are very intriguing to me. It's interesting, you know, when you ask that, I flash back a little bit to when I taught a rehearsal class at Playhouse West for many years, when students of different classes at the intermediate and advanced levels were allowed to come in and use the class time as an extra rehearsal session. And it never failed. You had students from all of these different classes. Sometimes I had to manage 30, 35 students in three hours. It was intense. But there was always a pattern. There always was some something thematically that week and energetically that week that they were all sort of tinkering with, you know, independently of each other. And and it was a wonderful format to see, oh yeah, this week it's all about the independent activity, or this week it's all about really taking your partner seriously, or this week it's about having faith to go really deep. You know, whatever it was, it, it always appeared to us. And I'm finding that when I look at different kinds of scripts, I'm I'm reminded that these things tend to happen. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I like, I guess I like looking for the links. Cool. It makes me feel like there's some order to the universe. (laughs) 
How close are these projects to potentially going into production? Well, one, they will be shooting a proof of concept very soon. And another, they hope to be shooting this summer. And then the third one is probably a little bit further out. And the one that's closer, I think you mentioned that there was a project that was potentially Mm -hmm. going to Paris. Mm -hmm. That's right. I can't talk about it so much, but I really like the energy and spirit of it. Yeah. I'm more asking because I don't know, this is the way that I tend to think about things now, but like, it's Mm. always good to be kind of keeping your eye on what's coming down the pipeline and kind of thinking, hmm, that could be a project that I could be more involved in later Mm -hmm. as an actor. You know what I mean? Like, so that you kind of look at something and it's not, not that you're completely mercenary about it and only doing stuff that you think you can have a larger role in later Mm -hmm. on when it comes to fruition. Mm -hmm. But it's also, I think, very useful to be looking at the projects that you're getting involved in thinking, well, how, if this goes, if this starts to go into production, how am I going to maybe be involved or how can I plant those seeds as, as it happens? I I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's really important to be looking at that kind of thing. I think you're right. It is important. And it's probably natural for us to see where we may fit in or be able to have any kind of an influence. So Yes, those things come to me. I think I'm still trying to figure out where I am in this European market. Mm -hmm. You know, I was speaking German to somebody, because I speak German now every day while I'm here in Spain, and my German is quite (laughs) good, as as one does, you know, and my German is quite good. But somebody, a couple times this week, they're like, where are you from? I feel like there's a little, little something in there. Uh, So it's good that they don't say immediately, oh, so you're an American who speaks German. And that makes me think about what my casting possibilities are. And then I start writing my own material for myself, where my character has a background as, you know, with one American parent. And I'm trying to find, I suppose, where I might fit into other people's projects. And I'm also trying to figure out still where I fit into this market overall. Yeah, it's good to be looking at that kind of thing. Yeah. Although it's not thinking, oh, this is going to happen and it's going to be great. But if it does happen, it probably won't. But if it does, maybe I can angle to be involved in it. It's funny. I mean, we've talked about it in a couple different circumstances, but I think that sort of prepping your yourself mentally for all of the no's, it's smart. And yet, as you speak, it's also a bittersweet feeling that comes to me as you speak about, you know, just prepare yourself that some things just may never, ever come to fruition. And you can set your heart on them and you can work your ass off to try and help make them happen. But until you're on set, until the check is written, it's hard to bank on anything and to depend on anything. Yeah. And I think that's a, that is still a big part of our actors' mindset challenge. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also, I think it's important to remember that even if someone is talking to you about a project that they're sure is going to happen and it's going to be great and we're going to sell it to this person and we're going to take it to these festivals and we're, you know, all the stuff that's going to happen that's going to be fantastic. (laughs) It's important to know that they are really excited and that's something to be happy for them about being excited about their project Mm because if they... I was talking to my class last night about the kind of delusion that we have to be under to believe that we're going to make it mm-hmm. in the world. And I think <laughs> that in order to produce something, in order to get it through all the hurdles, that you have to have this delusion that you're going to make it. Yes. And if it's your baby, then yeah, of course, it's kind of bittersweet if it doesn't happen. But if it's someone else's baby that they're trying to get you on board for, it's good to kind of say, that's great. And I would love to hear more about it when it's closer to being a reality mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of go, yeah, that's great. <laughs> like, there's no problem in saying, yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to hear more about that as we get closer, but not putting any stock in it as it's going to be, oh my God, this is a big thing. And they're talking to this big producer and this is going to be happen. Mm-hmm. Don't put any stock in that because that, you know, as we, as we were talking to Sean, there's a thousand ways for a project to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. By the way, you know, mentioning Sean, that interview is a really great episode. And so if our listeners have not yet listened to our interview with executive producer and showrunner Sean Crouch, 
please check it out. He has so much insight to offer about how the business works and his own path, his own unique path of learning and growth. It's really, really great and super practical information about writer's rooms and the producer lineup and the challenges of television these days. So please check that out if you have not already. Yeah, he's great. He's, yeah. I love him very much. And what cool. about you, Brian? What have I been up to? Let's see. I finished the project that I was shooting on. I brought everyone chocolate as Yay! a wrap gift. You can check out the chocolates that I brought on my Instagram page. <laughs> and it was a great experience to be shooting that project. You know, talking about, there were two people that I talked to on that project who I might've mentioned this before, but one was the script supervisor. I was talking to her and I asked her, you know, what she was going on to do next. And she said that she was a screenwriter and she'd written a screenplay and she was going to shepherd it into getting produced now and kind of focus on her mm -hmm. own work. And as I've learned to do, I can be very forward about asking to be a part of someone else's project. And I said, oh, you should write a part for me, you know, and kind of an asshole kind of thing to do. But I said, <laughs> you should write a part for me. And it's, it is very forward to do that. But it's also, if you don't say it and you can say it with fun and with love and kind of like, yeah, it's like, it's kind of, kind of joking, but also kind of not joking. And she kind of looked at me and was like, oh yeah, I could, I could write something for you. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not saying that she's going to put me in her next thing or she's going to put me in everything. But I think that like you, you were talking about Andrea with the kind of looking ahead to what the next project might be or what the next opportunity might be. There's something to putting yourself out there and saying, Hey, I'd like to work with you. I like, I like working with you. I'd like to do some more stuff. And if you're making stuff happen, like, why don't you put something in for me? And maybe it will happen and maybe it won't. And the other thing was that one of the ADs, he said, I'll, you know, I've got my own little project and I'd love for you to be in it. And I'm going to say, sounds fantastic. Let's talk about it when it gets closer to being a real thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say, yes, I'm committing to this 100%, but there's no risk for me to say, yes, that sounds like a good thing. And why can't we look at this when it gets right. closer? Right. Kind of looking ahead as you're on a job, looking ahead to the next thing and kind of really solidifying those contacts. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that that was something that I really took from this job that I was on. And also I got the director's phone number and I left him and his producing partner a thank you card saying, you know, how wonderful it was to work with them. And it's it's like little things like that. And maybe that's overkill and maybe it stinks of me trying too hard. But I do, I do think that if you enjoyed working with someone, especially a director that might be doing other stuff that you might want to be a part of, like letting them know with a thank you card and saying, hey, this is great to work with you and I'd love to work with you again is really not a bad thing to do. It's not a bad habit to be in. And mm -hmm. if it comes from a genuine place, then it's not something that people look at you and go, oh, you're trying too hard or you're, you're mm -hmm. gross for doing that. Anyway, so that's what I've been up to. Good for you. I love that you've taken the energy the last couple of months when you were had some questions about certain kinds of roles and taking them on. And we really broke down the idea of the value of saying yes, saying yes, and yeah. then seeing what would come out of it. And you've had really yeah. wonderful experiences since you took our advice and started saying yes. <laughs> it really does lead back to that kind of examination of saying yes or no to things. And, uh, you know, ultimately, if you're out there and you're doing things, and particularly when you're starting out, as we've emphasized before, or not, as Brian is definitely not starting out and he's still doing these things on a different level, there's two things. There's one, conscious work to generate more contacts and more work. But also, if you're just meeting people because you're out in the workplace, yeah. there becomes a critical mass, particularly the longer you stay in this business, mm -hmm. whereby if you're just doing it and in whatever shape or form, people will ask you to be in stuff if as long as you conduct yourself in the appropriate manner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As long as they want to work with you, yeah. if you're not an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, just as George Clooney said, not the most talented actor always gets the job. The actor who proves they can do the job the best will often get the job over the most talented actor. So- mm -hmm. You know, obviously no one wants to work with someone who isn't particularly good, but if you're in there and you, you are a good person to have around on the job in both attitude and the way you approach the work then mm -hmm. there's going to be a knock-on effect. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. People will ask you whether you do things consciously or not, but if you're covering yourself consciously as well, then you know, it's double whammy that you're asking the universe to pay you back with. 
<laughs> yeah. And I know I'm a little bit flippant about it. And I do like making the chocolates for people as a way to say thank you to the crew and to the production team. Because, you know, the truth is like that the crew put in way more hours than I am. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm like actors are really pampered for the most part. And they we work hard and there can be an emotional cost to what we do that is draining. But in just terms of pure hours, the crew works way harder than the actors do. And with Sean, we were talking about the responsibility of being like a number one on the call sheet. Mm -hmm. And I was not that on this particular job. But there is something to coming on set and being there as part of the team and feeling like I want to help the crew do their best work the same way that I would want them to help me do my best work mm -hmm. as an actor. And doing the chocolates for me is part of that. Good for you. Cool. This episode of the Vagabond Actors Podcast is brought to you by our friends at We Audition. Now look, we all know that auditioning in a pandemic sucks. You can't find the right partner, and if you do find the right partner, how are you gonna connect with them in real time and have the read be seamless? Well, We Audition can help with that. They make it easy to find a partner and they take care of all of the technical stuff so that you can focus on what really matters, your audition and being awesome. Not only does We Audition allow you to find partners that can help you really kick ass, you can be a partner that helps other people really kick ass and get paid for it. There's other really great benefits to being a We Audition member. You can have one-on-ones with top casting directors, you can get career advice from industry professionals, and a lot more. Right now, We Audition is offering a discount on membership to Vagabond Actors listeners when you sign up with the promo code VAGABOND25. So just go to weaudition.com, click on sign up, then click on the link where it says promo code. Put VAGABOND25 in the box and you'll get 25% off your membership. Now, back to the show. So, you guys, it's been a year of doing Vagabond Actors. Wow, it's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah, hopefully we can, before the next year is out, hopefully we can actually do something where we're in the same place and actually doing something face-to-face. -face. That would be interesting. I volunteer the beaches of Mallorca. Well, absolutely. I'm all for it. <laughs> but so for this kind of year anniversary podcast, we thought that we wanted to take a look back at the year and the things that we might have learned, the experiences that we've had in doing the podcast and kind of go over it. What were our favorite experiences and things like that? So what have you guys got? First of all, you know, like when I asked you guys to, to do the podcast with me, what were your kind of initial thoughts about where it would go or what it would be? Oh, that crazy Brian. I said to myself, he's always up to something. No, I thought it was a great idea from the start, Brian. And, you know, our first episodes coincided with the start of the pandemic, but this obviously was something that had been discussed and planned for in advance of uh, the virus hitting. But the timing turned out to be so interesting. I think, I don't know what I expected. I just expected to have some really great conversations with you guys and, um, mm -hmm. and to learn a lot. That I knew. I would learn a lot about the European market, about where we were in terms of the kind of projects that were being made now, how we lined up on different ideas about craft. It's always fun to talk about craft. I mean, how many hundreds and hundreds of hours have we spent doing it? And yeah. it's really fun to get together with people who are as passionate as you are and to really dive into something. So I think I just expected to have a really great time with you and to learn. And I have. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's a really difficult question to ask as a kickoff for what we expected. I mean, what did I expect? I didn't really, I don't know what I expected. I thought, well, one thing that has surprised me is how much we've been able to squeeze out of stuff. That's for sure. And how much... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know how many topics we've been able to discuss how much mileage we've got out of the discussion and you start to think about certain things in anticipation of a, of a topic that sometimes we actually do plan in ahead and sometimes we get something a little bit closer to the time like anything you have some thoughts and then it goes off into a, a different direction because we're sort of bouncing off each other 
So I think one of the main things that has surprised me was is that, is how much we've been able to talk mm. about all the elements of acting and really find different angles and points of view and depths on what could easily be a sort of conversational, trivial discussion, really. Mm -hmm. um, one of the feedbacks I get back regularly is how much they enjoy the sort of laid back conversational tone between us. However, it is not trivial. Mm. Yeah, I think those counterpoint each other quite nicely. And I'm sure it has at times, and I'm sure I'm more guilty than most, uh, meaning you two, basically. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm more guilty than <laughs> the three of us. <laughs> three of us for, you know, getting a little bit earnest and stuff about it. But it's something that could be very sort of scholarly and um he says in his scholarly voice. Mm -hmm. um, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Very strong. You like that, Brian? Yeah, that yeah good? I do. I like that one. That's yeah, good. It's good. You got the job. Great. Yeah. Good man. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, something that could easily be very scholarly and kind of academic, I feel, has, has not been, I think, in mm -hmm. my opinion. And I hope that's the case with listeners because we do get feedback saying it's very useful and mm -hmm. practical. But I suppose that's because we're practitioners and not professors at fucking mm -hmm. universities. Yes. Well, you know, the other way it could go, though, which I'm very happy that it doesn't, and I think knowing both of you, we're all on the same page here, but the other way it could go is is you think about the different acting schools, not so not so much at university, but you know, how culty they can get. Mm -hmm. So it's not academic, but it's very fundamentalist, yeah. where it's like, <laughs> this is the way we do things. And I think that having even a slight difference between the three of us, but all kind of speaking the same language, forces us to kind of accept other ways of doing it. And, and I think that you know, I hold very firmly to the idea that there is no one right way to do anything. And so that mm -hmm. can kind of lead to this kind of more laid back discussion where we can get passionate, but not fundamentalist, which mm -hmm. is, yeah. Well, you haven't been in my classes and I've been holding back. I've been dialing down the dogmatism. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, so, that's such a funny way to put it though, because I can also get quite adamant about the mm -hmm. way that I see things. And in my class where I am the, for the most part, the be all and end all of, of what it is, I don't want to really have, I mean, we've had discussions about what it is to be a bad teacher. We've had discussions about <laughs> what it is to be a bad student. We mm -hmm. can get quite adamant about our opinions about the work, but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that there aren't other ways to do it. Mm -hmm. and other angles of attack. And and I think that, you know, one of the things that we get out of this as not just people who are serving the listener, but as people who are learning about the craft ourselves as we do it is opening our eyes to that other way of doing things. And, you know, for me to be surprised by what the two of you say about a topic mm -hmm. and go, oh, I never thought of it that way. Okay, interesting. You know, because there's this mutual respect, but we're not all singing from the same hem sheet all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, sort of Edward Norton comes to mind. If you ever look at, is it SAG interviews they do? Or what is that sort of program? Actors on actors? Do they call it the SAG conversations? Yes, I think it might be SAG conversations. And they write, you know, they're all well-known actors. Gary Oldman's been on there, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Edward Norton. There's loads. But they're on their own. It's not like a whole bunch of actors where they all sit around a table and, and discuss. So Edward Norton, you know, when he was starting out in New York, he just said that he was around such a cult of, of work worship going on in, in the sort of 70s or 80s when he was training, where all these methods and styles were going on and everyone was really aligned to them and that was it. And, and he said that he was just bouncing around all of them, finding the best from all of them. Some of these were really great for psychological realism, but didn't really serve him when he needed to do Shakespeare or a musical or something very heightened. And his advice was go around and get a toolkit rather than one style or one method, because it's not going to necessarily serve you. When I first started out, I was always searching for the holy grail. And that's why I moved through Stanislavski into method, Strasbourg's method, even going to New York, the crucible of it all, and then into Stella Adler and then into Meisner and, you know, like space travel and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> a bit like Star Trek. And yeah. I kind of agree with him now. It's like, well, I think it's a toolkit mm -hmm. and I don't think one size fits all. And particularly more so for maybe coaches and teachers than maybe actors. If, mm. if you know what I mean. I think yeah. It's very important to kind of have certain keys to unlock actors in whatever style. In various that, ways, yeah. In various ways, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we're all missing right now with, the, in many cases, the lack of in-person training. You know, I don't know that actors understand just how closely 
good teachers are paying attention to them and how much inner dialogue goes on in considering which are our tools we're going to use and the kind of psychological approach we may use to, in order to help an actor get through a block or understand something a certain way. You know, it's often that we're really trying to work and observe. And when we see sometimes just the tiniest bit of understanding or opening or vulnerability, that becomes the lesson. You know, we're talking about a scene afterwards and you go and you see finally that moment when there's just one Thing that you say in describing the scene or the perspective of the character in the scene. And then they suddenly, you know, the shoulders move and the face changes and you see it in them. And, and that moment when we get to say, it's right there. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the scene. You know, those are very, very fine skills that we have to develop. And it's difficult to undertake them without being in the same physical space with performers. It's not that we can't, but I think not to the same degree that we're used to. I don't think we can afford to be so dogmatic. We can have very, very strong viewpoints, and we all do, but ultimately we also have to be really fluid. So I also really love that we we have strong ideas here, but we're also willing to um, to move around yeah you need strong ideas as well otherwise you're just an amorphous jelly and that's no good to no one (laughs) and it would also suck if we were like no this is the way we need to do it and then if all three of us were doing that then nobody would get anything out of it exactly i think that the transition from listening to podcasts to making a podcast is Mm. an interesting transition that i've gone through because as you listen to it, you kind of know, well, I like this or I don't like that. But making it, there's a shift that I've tried to do, which is at the beginning, the topics were, well, what's interesting to me? What are the things that I'm grappling with as a teacher or as an actor? And over the year, I've tried to shift my focus to like, how can we make these topics something that is graspable for the listener? And I know we don't know exactly who the listeners are, but we have some idea of what stage the listeners are at or what they're looking for. But if we kind of look at all of the topics through that paradigm of, okay, this is interesting maybe, but what do we do about it? Or what is the takeaway here? And really make Making it, um, you know, we talk about specificity a lot, but making the takeaway of what we're talking about as specific as possible, I think really helps as a consumable podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, that was a shift that I went through, which I didn't think about as much when we started, to be honest. So hopefully the pod, hopefully we're getting better at doing it. It's, <laughs> it is a learning experience for all of us, I think. Yeah. Okay. Speaking with specificity, I have some questions for you guys. Okay. Okay. Tell me about your favorite topics that we've discussed. I was just looking through the list of all the things we've talked about. We've covered quite a bit of ground, actually. It's funny (laughs) because it creeps up on you. But one of the things that I had hoped would happen in starting the podcast, and this is based on what other people who start out more popular than we were, who have a follow, a fan following and the, you know their fans write in and ask them questions and, and they can help out the fans and answer the questions. So that, that was one of the things that I was really hoping would start to happen, which is that people who were listening would start to write in with their own topics. And I think that mm-hmm. those are some of my favorite things that we've done. And maybe it's recency bias because those are the more recent ones. But like when we have a listener who's asked a question, who's dealing with something like what Christian has asked or like what Emily asked or what Petra has asked in the recent episodes. I think those are some of the favorite things that I have to talk about because it's maybe something that I haven't been thinking about that much. And so grappling with it and digging into it and seeing, whoa, how do I feel about this? And what do you guys have to say about it? And ooh, I didn't think about it that way. I think that's for me, the discovery of it for me is quite fulfilling. So those are the, those are the kind of topics that I like, you know, and then, you know, my old standby, you know, like I love talking about networking, but I love talking about networking anyway. It's not the podcast (laughs) that makes it fun. It's the, I just love talking about it. So, you know, for me, those topics that I love are the topics that I love, but I I really enjoy getting the listeners to come in and ask their questions and and to be able to, to get into it with the listener. Nice. Gary, what about you? 
Well, I suppose those listeners' questions, one, they are independent, so they can catch you on the hoof a little bit. Whereas, yes, you may have time to think about it a little bit, but it's maybe put in a way that you wouldn't have put it if you were raising that topic. So it requires a little bit more of work to get your head around because it is something that might crop up in class where you have to think on your feet. So those are really interesting and really good episodes from what Brian says, but also because from my point of view is they really get to some nitty gritty that you kind of have to draw on all of your understanding of trying to answer something right here, right now, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, say, some universal topics that we've covered, Mm -hmm. like actions, objectives, emotional preparation, all that fundamentals in acting, where we've already got some groundwork there. And they're not sort of problems to have to solve right here, right now, like you might do in class. And Mm -hmm. those are always quite exhilarating. Um, For me, I'm always learning in two ways. One, from you guys and your perspectives, but also there's no better way to crystallize an idea than talking it out. And I've also learned from what I thought I was saying or what I thought I understood when I've talked it out, similar to writing your ideas down, but there's something about this verbal interaction that really does solidify it. So I'm learning from that. But actually, the things I've learned the most from that I kind of go, ah, I didn't know that, which may not surprise you, is maybe less the acting fundamentals, which I'm involving myself with every day and actually developing those over the years, but more to do with the business side of things and the mindset side of things. I've learned a lot newer things, put it that way, Mm. because they're not necessarily something that I gravitate towards. For instance, you know, you're talking about it, Brian, about, you know, contacts and all of that and how best to organize that and how best to go about it. You know, because I'm out of that kind of loop, really. That's fascinating to me and also mindset because to be honest with you a lot out there in the acting coaching world particularly now on social media there's so much faux philosophy I feel yes that is aligned to acting mm-hmm. I'm going all you're doing is saying quotes from some life coach in relation to acting and it's like well that may well help yes it may well do but it's really tangible mindset that you know you guys have come out with which I've learned stuff about and maybe it is a reflection of who I am and how I go about things and that's and that's as it should be you know I'm very nuts and bolts very practical and I'm like you know acting is acting is acting is like you've got to deal with the acting and then you know all of this sort of mindset stuff that's been added to it over these years because we've become more holistic in our lives and more holistic in our outlook which is good i'm not saying it isn't but i've always put that at arm's length because some of it can really turn into a bit of a sort of sentimental mawkish philosophizing which i don't feel actually gets you to act the bloody scene (laughs) however I just love it. That's scary right there. Because of that, Uh um, stuff that we've covered and you guys have proposed in terms of the mindset and the business type of stuff is I've had to go and bloody hell, I I better have a think about this because, you know, I can talk about objectives all day long and breaking down a scene all day long, but... um, I got to talk about mindset, right? I got let me let me have a think about that. So those are the ones that I've, I've asked more of me. I've had to work a little bit sort of mm. harder on. Gary, your Instagram is going to be full of inspirational quotes and sunset pictures of sunsets and kittens and inspirational quotes from now on. I can see it. I'll be replied with audiograms of death metal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Andrea, what about you? I think I've really loved the craft episodes very much. Also because I feel like they. They are super helpful. And I've been so proud to share those episodes with actors to say, oh, this is something you're tackling right now. I really encourage you to check out our objective episode. I think it's going to be chock full of help for you. And same with the actions episode and the text three-parter, I think, is really, really valuable for actors. So I I love that I think we've crafted so many episodes that I'm really proud to share. So for me, the the crafts episodes are Mm. probably the most compelling. But I also love, I love our interviews. I think we've had some fantastic guests on with really unique perspectives and hearing the cross-section of experiences that 
these pros have had is a great reminder that careers never match up. They never look like what you think they're going to be eventually. And you can line Mm -hmm. up 15 actors and you're looking at 15 different career paths. And so I think it's a really great reminder to hear the diversity of people's professional experiences and opinions. And I do really like the listener questions. Sometimes they get us a little bit loopy, you know, where we have to (laughs) figure it out together while we're talking. Mm -hmm. And luckily, Brian saves us in the editing room. But I think it's really helpful to hear from our listeners. So those are probably the ones that I that I love the most, where I feel like we can Mm -hmm. really dig down deep into it. And I can say to somebody, here you go, check this out. Let me send you the link. Take an hour in the car and let me know if this is helping you in your acting career and your acting life. And it's not that I haven't felt that way with any of the episodes, but in particular, I think the basic crafts ones are really, really helpful. Hmm. Okay, I've got another question for you. What are the kind of topics that you most surprised yourself with how you ended up talking about something or how you ended up feeling about something? Or maybe you came up against some weird feelings about a topic. I know that certainly happened for me. So are there any episodes that we've had where you've been surprised by the conversation in terms of your own take on things? Yes. There was one where I was like, I'm not sure. We actually banded it about on WhatsApp and I said, I'm not sure what I've got for this. I'm not sure. I oh, can... the holiday one, the family one. Oh yes. Dealing with the pressure from loved ones and all of that. Mm. Mm. Um, that was a surprising one, I suppose, because I came to it going, I'm not sure this is relevant for me. And then actually, once we started talking and digging and, and it kind of, so, you know, went the opposite. I kind of, I've never had real pressure, but it was almost, you know, the opposite, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, yeah, you started to appreciate your family in a whole new light. <laughs> yeah. It was like, thanks for not giving me any pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but there was, you know, pros and cons to that also. It's like, yeah. you know, be nice to have some kind of communication and sharing going on. So that was definitely one where a lot came out of the moment and I hadn't pre-thought anything about it or given it any kind of thought or ruminated about it. So that was certainly one, yes. Mm. What about you, Brian? In a weird way, I don't know if I play it, and it's not so much in the topics, but what I what I really like is I like having doubts about my own career or my own take on things and having you guys kind of give me <laughs> advice. You know, I, I think it's... it's you mean slap you back? Okay. Well... I'm because, because I think that I do have, for the most part, I have my shit together. But then, you know, there's these moments of doubt where I'm like, I don't know if I should take this part or I don't know if I should talk about booking this part or I don't know if I know about action. You know, I remember that where I was like, I don't know if I, what I, what do I know? Like I have doubts about what I know sometimes. And I like that there's the freedom to kind of express that. And to show that kind of thing where I'm not really sure what the hell I'm talking about sometimes. And you guys can kind of come in and support me and kind of go, well, you know, you know this. And, and I and, and I find that most of the time I do know it. And if I don't, I can just shut up and listen to you guys and learn something. And I really appreciate that. So, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it is the craftier elements that I feel like I'm not as good in those elements as you guys are. Because to be honest, you know, Andrea, you were my teacher when I was, you know, a young pup. I guess we were both young pups in <laughs> Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. Gary, you've been, you know, I came in looking up to you and what you were doing at, at Actors Temple. So I feel like I'm like the newcomer in terms of teaching the actual craft. So sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm doing here. But the truth is that I actually do know. And so you guys have helped me kind of hmm. kind of um, shore myself up in that way, in my moments of doubt. Oh, yeah. That. And I think that's also, there's a couple of things here. I think one, you do know And I think you're prompted by the fact that we are doing a podcast and I think your sort of universal actor's mind comes in there where you are expressing the doubts that everyone has. Yeah. Guided by the fact that it's a podcast where somewhere in your, you know, psyche or in subconscious you're going, well, this will be good to air because we'll get to the bottom of it. And I think 
everyone should be able to connect to it at some point. So yeah. I think those factors come into play with that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's sometimes where I will play, you know, there's got to be someone who's like the fish out of water who's like learning about it. So that, yeah. that can come into yeah. play to a certain yeah. extent, but it's not a lie. Like none of this, I haven't, I haven't ever played something because, you know, I'm not lying about it, but you know, you do, you are aware of like, mm, this will make a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the awareness to want to air it, basically. Yeah. yeah exactly. By airing it, you crystallize it. Yeah. Um, exactly. I think that's what podcasts are so brilliant at doing. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Andrea? What moments have you kind of gone? Hmm, I think that um, I see themes that arise for each of us over the course of time. And I really love that. And I think sometimes when we've had business conversations, I can feel all my little feelers, you know, rising up. And the things that I have struggled with in my own acting business life, I'm really eager to hear your perspective, both of you, because Brian, you're so passionate about it. So I always know I'll come away with good ideas and inspiration. <laughs> You'll at least come away feeling some kind of energy yes. from me. It might be in the complete yes. wrong direction, but I'll have energy. <laughs> no, you'll That's have energy sure. about it. And also just, you know, I mean, I love that I feel very safe with you guys. And I, when I'm having a struggle about something, I can say it. And there's maybe a moment before where I go, oh yeah, this is a public forum you maybe you should think about whether you want to say this thing but no you guys give me the freedom to say what i really think and to share when i've got you know a struggle around some matter so i really mm -hmm. i really love that i'm surprised sometimes how how often maybe you don't know but i get very emotionally affected sometimes by some of our conversations and um, and i love that actually because I feel like I have a safe place to explore all of these ideas on behalf of our listeners and with the two of you and for my own self. So I found myself saying this week, if I won the lottery tomorrow, what would I still do? And I would still do the podcast. Well, you would buy yourself a sound booth. <laughs> I would. So you wouldn't be in an echo chamber. <laughs> so I could come out from underneath my, my hurle. <laughs> We're going to have to use the sweet, sweet We Audition money, the all, all whatever, $21 that I've made from the whole year of We Audition and buy you good sound equipment. There we go. <laughs> buy you a low budget flight to Mallorca. There we go. Yeah. Well, that would be good too. Um, so now imagine it's a year on, mm. it's April, 2022. Yeah. And we're looking back at our second year. So mm -hmm. what kinds of interviews might you want to do? What kind of topics would you want to explore? What, what do you think, where do you think you want to go? Yeah, I'm really excited about some of the interviews that we have lined up. I think we've got some really great guests coming and we've got some tremendous actors who are going to be coming to us in the next couple months. And I think that's going to be great. And so I look forward to even more interviews I look forward to maybe even broadening to speak with some people in similar arts as we've been speaking with people in casting and in writing and production. I hope to expand that even more. And our following has been growing so nicely and we're so grateful for the amazing feedback that we get. And I just hope that that can keep expanding and that people will feel that we're touching on topics for them that they in turn want to share with other actors and that they feel comfortable to say, Hey, you've got to check this thing out. This really helped me. So I'd love to get deeper and deeper into topics, take on current affairs, what's happening in the world of entertainment, and then get with some really amazing interview subjects. Cool. Gary. I just hope that I've still got fuel in the tank, <laughs> thoughts in my mind and words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> you know. Enough to do justice and keep going on what could be finite topic, but I'm sure we'll find more inroads into things and, and maybe even be able to revisit certain things that we've talked about and expand on them and get a different mm -hmm. angle on them. I've hoped to have grown and maybe taken a slightly different view, not necessarily changing things or maybe changing things, who knows, but maybe being able to go actually, you know what, I think completely the opposite to what I thought a year ago or mm -hmm. slightly differently to something because of what I've been through in the intervening year. You know, going back to what we talked about earlier tonight about being dogmatic and flexible. Mm -hmm. It's 
how that has grown, how one's technique has grown or one's outlook has grown. So there's that. Yeah, looking forward to more interviews. And there's plenty of topics within the topics that we've discussed that we can just take one thing out of and really like put the, put the microscope on. So there's plenty there, I still think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll keep you talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm sure you'll be able to talk about something. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> we'll find something to talk about. Um, what about yeah. you, Brian? This has already started to happen a little bit, and I want to just keep it going which is that we've had maybe four or five straight listener question episodes. We've done interviews in between, but I would really like the majority of the topics that we talk about to come from the listeners, just like in our classes where we you know, I do this where the first 15 minutes is opening up the floor to student actors in the class and what they're going through and the questions that they have about their careers and their um, training. And that's really what this podcast was started to do, which is mm-hmm. to deal with actual questions. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that we can expand into that. I think we would like to increase the number of interviews that we do. So we were kind of aiming for about one a month. And it would be great if we did one every three weeks or something like that. And, you know, I I would love in the next year to do a live show where we're actually doing this with a live audience who can ask questions in the moment. And, um, and, you know, (laughs) we'll have to edit it still because... I don't know if you listeners know this, but I tend to ramble and try and noodle <laughs> around and find my point, and I'm going to leave this in um, so that they know that. But it, you know, it's that that's a good learning experience for me is trying to get to the point of what I'm trying to say quickly and and efficiently. But um, but I'd love to do that where we're doing a live show or or a show with a live audience. And, you know, we're looking at other types of format of things to look at. So, you know, maybe there's like we did with the digging into text where we were like, this is the text that we're going to look at. Look at along with us as we go through it. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the possibility of breaking down a film or Mm -hmm. something like that or some kind of recorded performance where we can talk through the acting choices and the things that are going on with the actors. So that would be really exciting to do and and to look at other forms like that. So yeah, so I mean, I think there's a lot to explore. Hopefully, as things start to pick up in terms of the business, that we can keep the pace and the rate at which we release episodes. And, you know, we've had some experience with that because as things have started to pick up, but I'm I'm hoping that we can we can do it. And I have to say, like, I'm really grateful to the two of you that you have come on this journey with me and that you are every week lending your your energy and your spirit and your insight and your knowledge to make this happen. Because if it was just me doing it, it wouldn't be as interesting by a long shot, by more than the two thirds that you guys had verbally. So I'm really grateful to you guys for for being on the journey with me. And, and I'm really, really great, grateful for the listeners to send in their questions and to give us their encouragement. And even if it's just download or looking at the amount of subscribers that we have and seeing that tick up. Um, that's really a great encouragement and and really makes it worthwhile doing. So I really appreciate everyone out there who's listening. And um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm just stoked that we get a chance to do it. So that's, that's me. Okay. Thanks for asking us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not with the idea. Happy birthday, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Happy birthday. Follow us on Twitter. You guys know all of our stuff by now. If you don't, go and listen to last week's episode and you'll find it. <laughs> but yeah, we love you guys. We really appreciate you guys being out there. And, uh, and join us next week for another exciting episode. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.